Hello, and welcome back to A to Z with Amy Z. I'm your host, Amy Z. So today we're going to talk about relationship and some advice I got for you. Since I've been married for 25 years now, I just figured I could say a thing or two about relationship. So here goes. Sometimes before bed, I like to read BuzzFeed. It's usually just like really dumb articles or like top 10, 20, sometimes 40 different things they've found on the internet, things they've pulled from Twitter and TikTok and whatever. And it's just random bits. So I don't know, I guess it's just like random bits before bed. But this one particular article, and they do a lot of times they do things on relationships or just things about men and women and or just relationships. But this one in particular just caught my attention because it actually had some really good pieces that made me think, even after being married for 25 years, how true some things were or how obsolete maybe they were or or whatever. So today we're going to talk about some of the things that I, I pulled off of that, but then also some stuff that I just know has really helped my own personally, um, my own personal relationship. So here's something I gathered from BuzzFeed. Admit when you're wrong and shut up when you're right. So let's be honest. Where do petty fights really get us, but just angrier and more frustrated than we were before we actually had something to say? It's like the if you're both fighters, it's a back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And it's just annoying. And it's it really doesn't accomplish a whole lot. If one person is a stronger voice and says more and the other is more um, reserved in their fighting technique, where does that really get you? Do you feel powerful? Do you feel strong? Do you feel justified by just screaming in somebody's face who doesn't scream back? Not really. So either way, it's it's just not a healthy situation. I do know that from experience. It doesn't really get you anywhere. It doesn't really do anything. So find a nice way of saying what's bothering you, what something you want to be done to fix it, to tackle something. Maybe, you know, you're sick and tired of dirty clothes laying at the end of the bed and there's a hamper legit just a few feet away. You know, don't make a thing about it. Don't make it nasty when it's something silly and stupid when all is said and done. Just find a nice way of saying it. I find that using baseball analogies in my relationship really help a lot because it's it's something he understands. He's a carpenter too. My husband's a carpenter. So if I can put it into a tool form, right? Like I remember when our washer broke down and and he was like, whoa, blah, blah, blah. Or it was a dishwasher, sorry. Not the washing machine, the dishwasher. Just do them by hand and blah, blah. And I'm like, holy cow, I have baby bottles that need to be sterilized all the damn time. You want me to just do these dishes all the time on top of everything else? I was like, so instead of getting in like a a massive argument about it, I I had to put it into terms of, oh, okay, so Mr. Carpenter, you lost your hammer and or the handle broke and, you know, you could just, you know, use a screwdriver to pound something in. That That's kind of the analogy I think I went with at the time versus a baseball analogy was like, I really need this dishwasher. It's not a matter of like not being able to actually do the dishes by hand, but like my hands are tight here. I got a lot on my plate. Just give me a damn new dishwasher. That's all I really want. So sometimes instead of just fighting about it, find a way to make it into conversation or to express something sweetly, nicely. Um, Sometimes sarcasm works. It depends on the mood of the room and if sarcasm works for your relationship. 
I kind of can get away with that sometimes. And sometimes it's not a great idea. So being sensitive to when it works and when it doesn't work is, I think, is key in that. Another thing I read on there, don't be interesting, be interested. No one wants a one-sided conversation. Genuinely listen, respond when there's something interesting to say in response to what they've said. I'm sure we've all been on that date. I don't know, maybe I'm not sure, but I've been on that date where the other person controlled the talking the whole damn time. And I'm a talker, obviously, like you can hear it. So I I too need to be very mindful of not saying too much and letting the other person get something in. Otherwise, it's like, what are you really hearing but just a bunch of words coming out? If there's not like a back and forth response when you're speaking, when there's like, oh, yeah, I remember that movie. That was great. I love the part when dot, 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 right? And then the other person can chime in about what their favorite part is in the movie and why or the character development, whatever it is you're talking about, your favorite meal, whatever. It's if you're constantly just like, and I get it, nerves, stuff can stimulate, you know, maybe you had a really bad day at work, you just need to spit it out and you don't want to hear what the other person has to say about their day. Guess what? There, nobody's listening. If there's not a back and forth, it's, I shouldn't say that. Maybe somebody is, maybe somebody's being quiet and just really likes to absorb all the things that people throw at them. But a genuine, good, strong, compassionate conversation, there's just back and forth. It's it's listening to the details and the structure of what they're saying and then responding when you think you have something to add of value, not just words because you want to chime in somewhere. All right. Don't here's another piece. Don't marry someone you don't want your children to be. Duh. Let's break that down. Um I remember distinctly praying to God. I had dated quite a few guys back in my waitressing college days. And I don't know why I let some of them linger longer than the first, second, third date. Like once you find that this person just, you don't hold the same values, your morals are different. They they don't see integrity the same way. Get rid, just get rid of it. Just, just stop, stop. Because you can't compromise on some things. There are a lot of things you can make adjustments to. You can develop over time. You can be better at or, or find that you actually like something over something else. But when it comes to like the way you treat people or the way you are when nobody's looking, that's those are some distinct things that I you need to really have written down and know who you are from the inside out. And if somebody else isn't matching that part, Got to just get rid of it. It's you're, it's more trouble than it's worth, basically, because those kinds of things, people aren't really going to change. It's not that they can't. I'm not going to say that they can't, but you're not going to change them, nor should you even think that you can change somebody else. That's not what a real strong relationship is about. It's not about like, oh my gosh, he's so hot. He's great in bed. Oh, this is going to be amazing. And then he's not amazing, but he's still really hot and great in bed. Yeah, guess what? doesn't matter. It's not. It's that's so superficial, it's got to stop. And on that note, sex is a very important part of relationships. So I'm not going to knock that all together. But I hope you get what I'm saying, that the key component, the foundation of your relationship needs to be somebody that holds those ingredients of honesty, integrity, trust, 
all all things that you hold very valuable in your life. Because if you choose to have children, you can't like you're gonna you're battling not only your your partner in that, but now you got the you're gonna battle your children learning those bad tech those bad habits and those bad techniques of life. It's it's a double whammy that double whammy road one way street to nowhere's land and just get turn and run and back up and get just don't just trust me on this don't. I love 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 that there were. So okay, we'll go back to a little story I was about to start before, but I had dated a bunch of guys that were just not right for me, and I knew it. But I was bored and I was lonely, and hey, they're available. Why not? Right. And I remember distinctly praying one night and just being like, God, I just closed my heart to marriage because I really wanted out of my house. Like I really badly wanted to get the hell out. But I also knew that that wasn't all, that was also not a good way to start a marriage is just by running just to, because it's a, you know, a two income household with a home that's not my parents, right? That's not a great way to start a relationship. So I literally prayed, keep my heart close to marriage until it is the one that I'm supposed to be with. And it was, it was right on. Like I, there was not real marriage proposals, but there was definitely some marriage talk and some of the other relationships. And I was like, "Mm -mm, mm -mm. why are we even here? I don't feel it. You really feel it? Like we're going to talk about this. I don't, I don't feel this at all. So I knew I had to get out of those quickly. When I met Mike, I knew that I knew that I knew. There were two sets of flowers on the coffee table when Mike's showed up and those others, they were they had a few more days or whatever and I'm, I straight to the trash. I knew he was the one. I should tell you that story. Maybe I did before. All right, I'm going to tell you this story real quick might go over our time today, but that's okay. This is how I really genuinely knew Mike was totally different from the other guys I dated. So being that I had a uh, my daughter at 17, so when I met Mike, he was, uh, she was three years old. And, you know, we're all, you know, everybody I dated was pretty young. You know, we're all early, mid-20s, young Young, 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 young. So sex is always on the brain. One of the first things I would tell guys when we started to date was, look, I oopsied already. I'm not doing that again. I'm waiting. So don't even try to get in bed with me. Not, I'm just not going to. Didn't matter. Everybody tried. It's just, just what guys do. It's where their heads are. It's pretty my, primarily where my head was too, but I still, I still said it and whatever. Um, when I met Mike, I had already had an invite to a wedding of a guy I went to school with that um, he didn't know, but, and I didn't know really well. I didn't know anybody else going. So my girlfriend was going to go with me and she backed out. <clears throat> and so I'd already had a hotel room. It was up in Wisconsin. And I really wanted to go to my friend's wedding. So I asked Mike's friend if he if he thought he would go with me and if, you know, there'd be funny business. And he goes, well, you know, I'm sure Mike could go with you. But I, you know, I don't know. So I was like, okay, well, I just got to, I just got to shoot for it and try and hope the best, you know? So I 
asked Mike, he went with me. We had a phenomenal time at this wedding. We were at the most perfect table of people, strangers we didn't know. We just had so much fun. Danced, drank, and the reception was at the same place as the hotel. So it's perfect. Drank like crazy. I went upstairs and I gave him the same spiel. And Mike and I had only been dating like maybe a few times, maybe a few dates, maybe a week max, max. And I, so I gave him the same spiel, like, look, I, I messed up once. I'm not, I'm just not looking for that right now. So sorry if you're disappointed that I brought you all the way up here. I apologize, but I did have a really good time tonight, whatever. He's like, no problem. He rubbed my feet for like two hours. Yeah, we made out. Sure. Yeah, we made out. But he never he never pushed me to do anything I wasn't comfortable with. He never tried anything. He was so respectful. So I knew what I said, what I said, what I was saying, what I said to him meant something. He was listening. He respected me. That going back to some points that is like, I hold that so valuable. Respect is so huge for me. So in the morning that same night, I did notice he went, he got in the shower and I did notice in his bag, he did have condoms. So he was prepared. He was prepared. And that's respectful too, because honestly, most of the other guys never had one. They just wanted to, you know, stick it in me and be done and not, so not only did Mike listen to what I had to say, but he was respectful and he prepared. I appreciate that so much. And I just knew, I knew this guy's different. I knew I don't want to lose this. And I'm not saying there aren't other guys out there in their 20s that can't be respectful. And I know there are. I know there are. However, um, that's just key is holding what you hold valuable firm. Don't Don't sway. Don't vary from it. Hold it firm because it, it's important. It's very important, especially in the beginning of a relationship. Because if you don't have that right away, you're not going to get it later. It's just it's because there's plenty of other shit to go down that you need to deal with. Okay. Next thing that I believe strongly that BuzzFeed also mentioned, and so does Melissa McCarthy and her husband. Melissa McCarthy, yeah. Um, they've also talked about this on their Instagram. It is okay to go to bed mad. It's okay. I, I kind of hate the whole thing. Never go to bed angry. Well, then you're going to be up all freaking night sometimes. Okay. Go to bed, sleep on it, process it, calm the hell down, whatever it is. Sometimes I have to sleep in a different room or on the couch just so I can breathe. He won't ever sleep on the couch. I don't think he's ever, ever left our bed. I will, however, because I don't want to be near him because I am pissed off and it's just who I am. And it's how I process and it's how I can get through things sometimes. It does not happen very often, but I need it. And I need also him to know how pissed off I am when I am so mad that I don't sleep in the same bed with him because he knows it doesn't happen very often. So it, it's something you might just need to do. So don't get mad. More than likely, nobody's dying in the middle of the night and it's not like, oh my gosh, we died fighting. No, stop. You know? You could also have a fight and go off to work and get hit by a car, right? Like things can happen. So don't stop. Just stop it. It's okay to go to bed, man. Okay. Here's one that I am a firm believer in. Do not bring up the past in a fight. Let me repeat that. 
do not bring up the past in a fight. All you're doing when you do that or your partner's doing that is is just saying, I haven't forgiven the past and it still makes me mad. And so everything since then is just obsolete and I'm just going to continue to throw it in your face. What the hell? What the hell kind of relationship is that if you just constantly are bringing it up? I'm not saying you can't make a point here and there and say, you know, well, it's kind of like in 2015 when you dot, 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 you know, this is the same scenario. I'm not saying you can't, but every single flip and fight you get into and you're constantly bringing up the past, that's not okay. You need to move on, move on with yourself or that person needs to move on with themselves, whatever it is, stop. That's, that's not okay. If you cannot learn to forgive and forget yourself and then, then your partner, you're just not ready for a relationship. You got to be learning from your mistakes and you got to admit when you're wrong sometimes and you got to move forward. So if you're constantly looking in the rear of your mirror while you're driving, you're going to hit a tree. Well, guess what? <laughs> Trees, bushes, houses, it's all going down when you're constantly looking backwards. Look forward, make a mistake, look quickly in the back and like, you're right. I did do that in 2015 and I did it again. Oops, my bad. Or you know what? You did do that in 2015 and you did it again, but I still love you. Whatever whatever it takes, just stop. Just do not, just freaking leave the past where it belongs and that's behind you. All right. Some of my own personal observations. Thank you, BuzzFeed, for that. We do appreciate a lot of those. And they had a lot more in there. And they've had other articles that I've read that have been amazing. Those just really stuck out to me and I really wanted to share. So one thing that is I keep, it keeps coming up in the last few weeks, or last few months, I should say, that I wish I would have known before I started my relationship, but I'm noticing as my kids are adults and they're in their relationships or trying to be in one, and that's a struggle. However, if you're not comfortable in your own skin first, if you don't know who you are first, how how in the world are you going to bring a real good piece of fruit to the party, right? How are you going to bring that elegant, wonderful bottle of wine to the book club, if you and share with others, if you can't even figure out that you like wine or you don't like wine, don't bring a bottle then, right? If you don't like apple pie, why did you make one to bring it? I, I just why? Figure out who you are. Be comfortable with who you are. Be ready to explore with somebody else, not like make them fix you or figure you out or help you in life. No, 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 no. I wish I would have known that, and it wasn't even like a thought pattern in my brain when I was dating or when I found Mike. It wasn't even close, but I wish I was. I wish I was more compatible with myself before trying to find compatibility with somebody else. I didn't know up from down back then. I was just looking for an escape route. That wasn't really the best set of wheels to start off your journey on, but it's, I guess it's what we did. So if you can learn from my mistakes, learn from that one. Okay, here's another one. They really do eventually treat you like their parents. So watch how they interact. For real. For real, for real. I know it's kind of like this old wives tale thing. Oh, they're going to treat you like their mother. Yeah, and I thought that was a joke until hindsight is so 2020. And when I look back at some people I dated and how I watched them treat their moms or cuz I dated men, it was some of them were awful. 
I was like, wow, that's probably <laughs> that's probably how they would have treated me. And then there's some guys that I did kind of keep in t- touch with. And I did see how they treat their moms. And yeah, it's it's so true. And I'm watching my son and how he treats me and how he treats his girlfriends. And like, okay, I'm like, there's a definite pattern with this. So watch it. It could be their mom. It could be the dad. It could be whatever. But watch how they treat people of authority or elders, people that should be respected. Because that's going to be you. You should be respected. You should be treated well. So watch how they're interacting. Um. Here's a little piece of advice that I want to end with. One of my last little things that I love. The little thing. One last little thing. It's the little things that matter. Way more usually than the big things. Like doing the dishes, laundry, walking the dog without being asked, picking up a favorite food item at the store, making the bed. I love it when Mike makes the bed. I know every time he makes the bed, he is specifically trying to say to me, I love you. My husband is not a man of many words. He, our number one fight in our marriage is communication. He does not communicate. He comes from a household that does not communicate. He comes from generations of people that did not communicate. I mean, I've got some legit crazy ass proof like of ways that his grandparents never communicated. Like it's, it's in his genes. I get it. It's something he's working on. So I know. When he makes the bed, when he does dishes, when he takes the dog out, when he randomly does something, it's his way of saying, I love you. But we can look at it too like this. Like if if people are constantly desiring or needing that big measure, right? Like a giant diamond for every single birthday or this huge party every time there's an event or whatever. It's it's just superficial stuff, Right. It's those little day-to-day chores that we have to do in life when you know you have a partner by your side that's helping out. Bringing home dinner and just saying, hey, I got dinner tonight. Don't worry about it. I know you thought out chicken. Just leave it. We're, we're getting pizza and it's your night off. What, what, those little things. Those little things. They mean so much. They mean so much. So much to me anyway, more than like fancy concert tickets and flights to Vegas. Like, it's not that I don't want those things. This would be great. Those are fun. But I don't think they say I love you as much as saying I was at the store and I picked you up your favorite gluten-free snack. It means I was with him at the grocery store. That means he went to the grocery store for one, ha ha ha, because that doesn't happen often. But like, I was with you in your mind when you stopped and pick that up. And I was with you. You're thinking about me. You're, you're longing to get home and to make me happy and, and to share some time together. Like I can't, I just, that means so much. So remember the little things, remember their favorite color, what they're, what they like to eat and ice cream and all that good stuff. Like all the little trinkety little things that you can do for somebody to love on them without it having to be some big giant event all the time. Cause that's, Again, it's not that it's not fun. It's just not completely necessary. People just want to know that you you love them every day, every hour, every minute, no matter what. So whether you choose to take my advice, just remember, you are two imperfect people trying to do life together. There will be, there will be highs and lows, regardless of how much effort you or they put into it. Life isn't as short as some people like to think it is. 
So choose wisely because it can be a whole lot of fun. But don't beat yourself up if it tanks, because even if you're 80, like my great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather, geez, my words today, he was on his third woman, and I was so proud of him. Who cares? Live it up. Just, you know, it's your time. Start a new relationship. Do it. Even if you're in your 80s, enjoy every bit of every minute that life has to offer. Listen to the next episode when we chat about the definition of apathy with my son, Easton. I would love for you to rate and review the show, share with a friend, and spread the love. Email me or leave a comment on Instagram with show ideas, questions, or comments at a to z with amyz at gmail.com. Bye.